at least one of the people on this podcast is a sarcastic fool. Listen with caution. We're making this up as we go along. Oh yeah, also the podcast is about ideas and stuff. See, making it up as we go along. Um, but I mean, we could just, we could do the mic thing again and then we could start. It's up to you. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a nice ritual. Um, Let um, you and the mic become one. Um, what is your name? And can you give us a creative self-description of yourself? Um, hi. My name is Emily. Um, I had this conversation yesterday about trying to sum up what I do. Um, yeah, I just kind of find myself in spaces and brag. So I, um, <laughs> I love attention. So obviously I naturally sort of gravitated towards the performing arts. Um, but before that I did music. It's like I did, I, I did music quite early on. I did music before I did school because my parents are musicians. So they just, I thought that everyone had a instrument, almost like a Harry Potter Patronus or something, or like not, not like she who shall not be named, but like I thought it was like star signs or pets or something. I thought that just everybody had one. And so my dad was a drummer. My mum did like, well, my mum did lots of different um, things, but she mainly did like, I mainly saw her do saxophone. Um, so I just so my parents just stuck me on the violin because they thought that that would be the cutest tiny instrument because obviously I was three. So, so wait, so you can play the violin. You are musically inclined because of your yeah. background. You uh, love attention as we yeah. all do. Uh, and but also, is there, is there any other strings yeah. to your bow? I couldn't focus enough to become like a better musician. So at grade five, I would in different instruments as well. I tend to hit a bit of a blank because I would have that would mean I had to start working and start. I couldn't blag it anymore beyond grade five. So I'm I'm a little bit good at a lot of instruments, which isn't great to be a musician, but it's great to be a producer and make your own work and to kind of know if you know a little bit about a lot of instruments that can be quite good. Uh, a level so I carried on doing a level music not that I was any good at theory but I was really good at the essays and just like pulling crap do you know what I mean just pulling shit like <laughs> I just do you know what I mean so so I did music and, and I did dance as well not that I was amazing at dance but I loved dance I did dance for GCSE yeah. I was probably the most creative choreographically but as a result of my lack of flexibility and touching my I couldn't do cool things so I just had to find cool I had to really work hard to make it cool um but then I also for shits and gigs paint actually I'll show you some paintings that I've done recently okay and then we can we can audio describe it on that note I also work in access as well because believe it or not I'm autistic and have ADHD (laughs) like not that not that you would know from all of the different many hobbies that I have and the lack of social kind of like cues that like no no other people have come into this so far. This all very much is a solo effort. So I can do paintings. 
Wow. So, so it's like what, it on, to, describe to describe it. it it's like slabs of like raw steak but like sort of eggs floating but they look a bit sticky and membrane-y on like but it's like on a blue black background um a blue like a light sky blue background so it looks like they're floating and then I did one of like ketchup and broccoli and like a glass bottle which broccoli is really hard to paint and then I just did one of some vomit as well that's excellent i yeah. mean i'm surprised you didn't include in that vomit sort of threads of the food uh in the yeah you know what items, yeah. yeah yeah to be honest yeah thanks sorry a little critique where, there. yeah where uh, were you yeah, where were you just, like two weeks ago yeah but, um, it's good but you know it could yeah. be better and that's yeah. essentially what this podcast is about um so yeah. and i did video art like... and sculpture as well sorry i did video art and sculpture as well but that was for shits and gigs like i didn't mean to I applied for it to practice applying for stuff and then I got it and then I applied that. So yeah, that's, so, oh, and I, I like makeup as well. Special effects makeup was my, my year eight, year nine thing. I, I loved special effects. So it's like, as much as I have a main thing in theatre, I'm a little bit shit. It's a lot of different things, but I can still semi do them. Yes. So, I, I think so that's are... really long. Yeah, no, that's okay. Hey, we need you, you've told the people a fuller picture of who you are. You haven't given yeah. the short answer. You've given the thorough never, never here, the and short. you've been very, very truthful. Or you've you, mm. you've either been very, very truthful or very, very modest. I, I, I think it's probably the latter, uh, mm. where you've said I'm a bit shit at these things. When no, really but... you've you, oh, yeah. when really you've um yeah you've like shown us some really cool work and uh as people can probably tell you're on a very professional mic today and um, we'll see how Zoom i don't know that. yeah uh, well we'll wait and see uh but yeah. leads me on to my next question um i'm going to guess the answer is yes but have you had any ideas on your mind um yes obviously yeah um to the point where i can't keep track of them mm -hmm. um and to the point where yeah to, to to yeah to a point where I really need to journal more because mm. I feel like a lot of my internal ideas are spilling a little bit too much out into my conversations so this is useful a useful platform to exercise those yeah those ideas so, and I yeah. mean I think the challenge here is being keeping it to one idea as much yeah. as possible so I have like a few I have a few creative ones of two like two creative like sort of theater shows in mind i always have little odd random little like almost skits or like images or like um like video art ideas that i never do because i can't mm. be bothered because as soon as i commit to one idea i have another better idea and so i just have commitment issues oh my god we have like no time left that is timers yeah that's so funny <laughs> Uh, I've got a Zoom subscription if you want to use it where we don't run out of time because it's a bit like if one person in the friendship group not that I have a friendship group but I'm hoping that this would improve that if one person had a Zoom subscription then that's fine it's a bit like a Netflix account yeah so like they have to host yeah so I have an so unlimited one just to give context, we've just had that um, 10 minutes remaining signal. Because I don't shut up because I don't. But also, we we did talk beforehand, um, but mm -hmm. now it's pops up. But I mean, part of me quite likes the Jeopardy 
Uh, yeah, no, we'll carry on, we'll carry on. Okay, so, so we've got nine so, okay, minutes. I so like I have this. a few, yeah, I have a few creative Give, give us one idea. But one idea that I have that is less creative but way more practical is um, I've been working in Access a little bit here and there for six months and something that came as a result of working at all these different venues across the Northwest was that it's actually really difficult to... So, okay, to, to catch you up to speed, um, um, an Access Rider is a document that disabled artists and freelancers might use um and you usually send it off to a producer or whoever like a casting director producer director literally your employer at literally anyone um even if you're a participant at nsdf something like that you have an access rider which is a document that outlines all of your access requirements needs and any important information so my access rider for example will detail medication that i'm on um i also um, so my access rider that I'd prefer like a quiet space to go to um, and but I also talk a lot about um, being neurodivergent and how that pertains to me working in a space and so that because I find for me I like people to understand um, what neurodivergence is and that for me makes the biggest difference when then making accommodations so but access riders are really difficult and long to make because you don't know what to put on them and um, also when you do put stuff on them you have to explain what all of your access accommodations are um, okay. you feel like you have to explain why you can't just say quiet space you have to specify mm. um, it has to be quiet in the sense that it can't just be like a quiet space of a cafe where that's still not quiet or like ideally and this is you know I understand people are working with what they have but ideally it wouldn't be near a busy road or it wouldn't be like a kitchen or something. It would be like a designated smaller room that that would be a designated space. You know, yeah. it wouldn't just be a corridor. So and so and so for that reason, access riders are quite difficult to make. And also, you don't always know what you need until something happens to you. And also, even me working in access for six months, I'm still learning about accommodations. Re fairly recently mm. uh, that I haven't even thought of because I didn't recognize it my own in access a lot of the time so I really want to create a database because venues have this issues as well venues have this issue as well sorry that they'll work with disabled artists and they want to say how can we help you and the disabled artist will say that they're disabled but go oh but I don't have any access needs and I'm like but even if you're not disabled, you still can have access needs. You can have short-term health conditions and stuff. And so it's actually really hard for venues to know what to do because there's a really difficult relationship between creative agent and producer. Mm -hmm. And so all these things get just lost in the source. And and then also because access riders can be quite long, it's hard to have a, it's hard to make it datable. You have to trudge through pages can of information. Type in on like yeah. a search bar and then yeah. yeah and that can just distill it and it yeah go on but carry on yeah and so and so what I thought was actually this would benefit the venues as well because if they didn't know an access accommodation they could look it up on the database and um so they wouldn't have to put the burden on the disabled person to then explain their access need the disabled person when putting together their access rider could then consult this database see what other people are using so how it would be searchable it'd have the name of the accommodation an explanation of what that accommodation is 
it would have a column saying, um, is it for audiences? Is it for freelancers? Is it for people working in an office? Is it like for auditions? Is it for like, like what, like kind of just describing the profiles of like the types of jobs and the interaction. And it would also have a list of associated conditions that purely is a search tool and people can absolutely, you know, it, it's not meant to be prescriptive, but say for example, I'm cited. So I wouldn't need to necessarily um, browse all of the accommodations for someone who's cited or say I'm not a wheelchair user. So like I wouldn't have to find out those accommodations. So that would just be a searching tool. I could tick like a mental health conditions and neurodivergence, for example, which is what I would tick. And then um, and then all they, they would come up and then people would be able to write in and not necessarily permanently add to the database, but people would be able to write in and add their own things that I would as, or whoever would be running the website would be able to review and, and put and condense, you know, and write for the website. And also as well, it might have a frequency column so that when people are looking at producing, they can look at just starting to put the highest frequency ones in place already. Or if they oh. know that they're working with someone who is really openly disabled in a specific way, that it the disabled person doesn't need even need to ask. They can just produce it. And so it's not like a perfect answer to access, but I think it would help where we're at a lot. And also it would help people to prioritize so that they're not spending loads of money. Say, if if you have a workshop, if you're doing an R&D of five people, but you've paid for a BSL interpreter, but then your five actors turn up and none of them need a BSL interpreter, then like, but one of them needed like a quiet space. Yeah, you could have put the money to rent. So it so it helps. So it, it would help people to like essentially streamline what they're doing and say like captioning versus BSL. More people, for example, neurodivergent people might want captioning as well. Or people who have English as a second language might want captioning as well. But then BSL is slightly different in the sense that that is a language in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And that is like an that is like a you get performance interpreters as well as um interpreters for conversations. So like right. so, so it would so yeah, that's so it's a bit more of a practical idea. So the bio at the beginning that took up half the time was pretty pointless. But um <laughs> this is really but, good and it and it yeah, solves but that's my idea so the problem that it kind of solved is it can like um for uh theaters or like people uh accommodating access needs is it will sort of lay out in simple terms what they need to do specifically for a particular event specific to that event for who is coming it would yeah. allow people that um uh, uh, kind of neglect their own access needs to look at or the don't know where to start or as don't well. know where to start yeah to look at this and to go hey this is kind of like what I should like maybe thinking about be thinking about for me and as a good platform mm -hmm. to sort of or a resource to sort of bounce off um, yeah uh, and and people can you said like you said frequency so people can like put in. Um, how often what, they use that yeah a bit like you know those votes up and those upvote down votes things of like what's the best episode of this show and people can click up and down it's, it's like ranked.com or something it would kind of be a bit similar to that where you could see the frequency of how often people for example 
a quiet space to go to a lot there's a really wide range of profiles that would need to use that yeah. so it's not just neurodivergent people it's say people who might have chronic migraines or people mm. who are currently going through like either a short or long-term mental health condition people with chronic pain who might want a rest i know that sometimes my deaf friends who um because they have to have the lights on all that like they, they have to be quite well lit all the time to be able to see sign so sometimes they need to sit down and and because all but we have less than a minute we have but less like, than a minute yes we're gonna we're just gonna have to remember where we are and pick yeah it up because um oh, i think this damn. has been a useful tool though yeah it's useful it's good for me access that's what i need but yeah <laughs> send me another link send me another link okay I'll, okay yeah we'll carry on cool right peace Okay, 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 okay. Carrying on. Yeah, yes. go. Carrying on. So where we were at was we were talking about quiet spaces and how um a lot of people would need to use them. Right. And then and also how they're a good catch all. Um and how say for example, I did, I wrote an article on low to no budget access as well. So say, for example, sometimes you might want to do a sensory tour of a show, which means that um, it gives people to hear some of the louder sound cues before and experience some of the lighting cues so that if they're unsure about whether they could do it, they can do it in a space where it's not um, where it's easier to leave. Because let's be real, even if it's easy to leave a theatre room physically, it can be quite the social pressure of it can be quite a lot. So what's quite nice is that, but then also you might want to do a touch tool, which is where people can go and um, have a closer look at the sets and um, ha be able to touch the costumes and stuff so that they can know what the actors are wearing on stage um, so that they can follow along with the piece better. But you might not have the time to do both of them every show. So, if it might be an idea especially if you've got a smaller audience to combine those two a little bit mm -hmm. and to say because ultimately they're both achieving a similar goal of familiarizing the audience with something and so yeah so like so it's about like streamlining certain things yeah. and being able to say well if there's not a quiet space what else can we do like mm -hmm. can we just a bit like well at the festival yesterday in Manchester there was the dis um devoted and disgruntled is it yeah yes. um workshop and what was really beautiful about that workshop was it the the social interaction was purpose but all the social structure of the workshop was purpose built so that meant that they actually and they didn't introduce it in a way that felt particularly like on on the it didn't feel too on the nose in terms mm -hmm. of access it felt very purposeful saying that basically the workshop was that there would be all these stations that you could go to and they were all animal they were all named after animals and they'd all be asking different questions but um that can be quite daunting um not necessarily for people who are even identify as neuro um, neurodivergence or anything that that literally can be anyone can find that intimidating especially yeah. at nsdf when you don't necessarily know everyone in the no. room you might not know anyone in the room so but the way that they set that up instead of doing the typical oh you can leave if you want to or you know don't you know don't feel like you have to like talk all the time or don't feel like you have to like really engage you know take your time what they did was they because that can be really vague and not 
it doesn't feel like a part of this go on it feels like a little bit half-hearted almost like like yeah oh by the way like you can do what you want instead it was very like purposeful like this is a law we actually want you to like actively like yeah think about this and take this with a certain significance if you want to move on you need to operate by this law of mobility this exists and like we want that to be part of uh how you conduct yourself in this in this workshop discussion which just it gives you it empowers you like to listen to your feelings and to like not yeah. um and and for everyone to, be, everyone to be on the same page and kind of just get it out in the open like this is not this is not rude this is like what how we want you to operate yeah so i think something a question that i put forward that i ended up not hosting in that space was um wanting to address access for non-disabled people mm-hmm. because um there's disabilities and identity but then there is disabilities and experience that's a bit more transient so Mm -hmm. say like people who periods or if if people have ever broken a bone and have Mm -hmm. like I remember at school if people had broken their leg or something they'd always have to leave the lesson five minutes early they'd always arrive late they'd have to pick up the key for the lift every morning they'd have to like you know have extra time going for the bus it would be an extra faff and their timetables would be changed because they couldn't go to PE they couldn't do things like that and so like and that even though it's for a short like only a few weeks Mm -hmm. that's still an experience under the social model of disability of people not really adapting to you and you having to really put in a lot of effort just to get yourself from A to B and it's tiring and so Mm -hmm. so it's a lot of it's a lot of setting up so that's why things like hybrid options like zoom I really want Zoom to stay a thing. And the re- the best rehearsal rooms that I've been in have always had an option to Zoom. So that if people, say for example, even with things like train strikes, you know, like um, if people can't get to the physical building, they're not actually missing out on the full day. Mm-hmm. They still get to at least watch the rehearsal, even if it's just with their camera off, yeah. they get to at least still be able to engage with that in some way yeah. and so so yeah I, we've expanded a little bit from the access database but I think it's important that it's not just bells and whistles that hopefully with this information being really plainly put out there um, it would be a little bit more very much a cultural access would be a cultural thing it would be interwoven onto the like in it would be part of the fabric rather than like a nice little applique ironed on top do you know what i mean yes so and, and i feel yeah. like it's such that that's always the the almost like the struggle to make it like official and almost like government bats like that would be the i that would be like the yeah ideal scenario like to have it this is official this is like the place to you always go have to. it funded yeah to yeah. always have it funded just <laughs> yes. like health just like health and safety so health and safety is a thing and also safeguarding is like a form of health and safety that's a little bit more interpersonal mm-hmm. so access is the same you have some hard and fast rules of you know if things need to be captioned and or interpreted for people to access them otherwise they actually can't really understand but or they they can only understand that the visual elements of it and try and put that together Mm. um and then things like wheelchair access that's like literal access but then also it what safeguarding would be i guess to health and safety if this makes sense 
there's things like what your access approach is and mm. sometimes it's literally just having in the information sent to you yeah. and for example I asked um ahead of going to yesterday's festival if I could be sent the timetable ahead of it like so I had it as a pdf so I wouldn't have to go on eventbrite every time I would have it downloaded on my phone um a, like a pdf of the breakdown of the day and that was really helpful because then other people were going oh I don't really know what's next and I was like well I asked for a breakdown of the day so I can tell you actually and so so it helps everyone you ended out up working at the festival yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it, it helps people out massively um and you know like so it, so I think it's very much about sharing and mm. letting everyone even if they're not disabled letting everyone have a go of different things and because you don't need to be disabled to have to, to to want to access something or to have accessibility needs yeah. That's, and you don't have to identify as disabled and so yeah. in this world of digitality if you could call digitality it word, digitality it's now, oh but let's make God. it one yeah. uh you, you know it's uh all these things are on um are computerized digital things and, and yeah. can relatively relatively easily be shared or put out there um so it's yeah yeah, it's definitely, definitely doable, isn't it? Um, mm -hmm. I amazing. just can't code. Yeah. And amongst yeah. all my hyphens, coding is not one of them. I'm very tech illiterate. Like, I can't, I can barely do emails, invoices, sending PDFs, exporting, importing. Yeah. I can't do. I can't do that. When it comes to editing and it comes to, like, doing stuff on Photoshop or doing stuff on, like, and like ed like video editing when it comes to the creative decisions fine when it comes to the export no clue so um i guess that's where the the you know it the gap sound in like this idea issue. is yeah this it, is where that, that's, it all that's falls what's down. making it yeah this is what's making it an idea yeah. and not a reality is that i can't do maths and i can't do coding that is the beauty of this podcast yeah Emily, so any coders yeah. That is that is it. And um yeah, I, I kinda wanna round that off. You've given me the perfect opportunity to round this off and keep yeah. it within, I'm going to say twenty-five minutes, which is pretty good. Yeah, I think the idea was fifteen, but I have extra time in exams. So maybe that's part of my access. Is that I need extra time for everything on, now. On the podcast. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So if there is somebody out there that's listening to this and thinks it's a bloody good idea and they are an expert in code or they just want to like maybe reach out to yourself or whatever uh is there a way that um that they can contact you that is um i'm on twitter because i'm i, I think i'm a little twitter gremlin so it's underscore emily underscore bold i'm better off on twitter I have my Instagram notifications turned off, so don't don't try it. <laughs> um, also, what is good is that every time I get a DM on Twitter, I've just forgotten to switch this feature off, so I get it in my inbox as well. So even if I'm not on my phone or I'm logged out or any of any of Twitter, I still get the email that you've sent me a message. So, but it's I don't quite want to put my email out on the for for in the public domain like that. 
So, so yeah, Twitter is Twitter's a good way of emailing me without emailing me if you send me a like a direct message. So yeah, yes, and doesn't give you uh, the power to uh, it, sign you up to. It doesn't uh, dock me. It doesn't dock yes. me or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Emily. Thank I've loved you. It. <laughs> cool. And that's that. <laughs>